All right, all right, all right. Greetings, witches, wizards, warlocks, hoes, hustlers, and hoodoos. Welcome to the Black Witchcraft Handbook. Got to be Oshun's Black Witchcraft Handbook. It is the witching hour, so we are going to allow ourselves to move with the flow of this witchy energy. We are going to allow ourselves to sink into this place and space and time where the veil is thin and where we can interact with our mighty ancestors and with the spiritual beings that make it possible for us to be here. The topic that I want to discuss tonight and the topic that I want to dig a little deeper into is the topic of abandoning your body and how this inhibits your magic. So let us begin with thinking about some of the ways in which we abandon our bodies. And when I say abandon your body, what I mean by that statement is living and interacting in a way that requires you not to be fully present in your physical body. That's what I mean when I say abandoning your body. Most of us are not aware of the fact that that's what we're doing. Most of us simply believe that we're living a normal life. We're living a regular life. We are doing things that have been normalized. And so because of that, it's sometimes difficult for us to see that we are abandoning our physical bodies. So we live in a society that is based upon Greco-Roman norms, which subsequently became European norms. And when Europeans colonized the rest of the earth, they became everyone's norms. For those of us who are not European, for those of us who are not in the group of people who are the the feeders, I guess they feed off of everyone else, then we are considered to be means of production. So for those of us who are means of production, that is what we base our lives upon. How much are we able to produce? How much are we able to do each day? If you think about it, the planter class, the wealthy class, the haves as opposed to the have-nots don't do much. They don't do very much, right? When we are allowed access to their lives, we find them resting, we find them relaxing, we find them having massages, we find them traveling to exotic places to relax even more. We find them lying by the pool. We find them basically in a state mostly of rest, which is normal for the type of animal that we are. We are mammals, right? I read a meme recently that said, you're not a bee. You're not an insect. You're not a worker bee. Mammals spend most of their life resting. It's the kind of body that you have that requires a great deal of rest. It's different from the body of an insect, right? So when we study the lives of the class of feeders, the class that feeds off of the rest of us, we find that because they know themselves to be human, because they're not in 
a position where they constantly must view themselves as a thing. They have not been thingified. They have not been commodified. Then they spend time in their physical bodies. They're playing polo. They're swimming. They are taking dance classes. They are fencing. They are doing yoga. They are doing gymnastics. They're doing things like this. They're staying inside their physical bodies. And of course, I'm generalizing. So please don't jump on here and make no comment about that. That's not what everybody's doing. Of course, we are generalizing, right? Ain't nobody got time to go through specifics. But as a general rule, then what I'm saying is true. So let's contrast that to what we are doing as the class that is food. So if that class is feeders, then we are the food. So as food, we are basing our worth. And let's, let's pause there because the feeder class bases its worth on how much it can relax. You know how much wealth they have amassed based upon how well they relax, how often they're relaxing, and how relaxation has become their norm. On the flip side, we as the class that is food, the class that is being fed upon, we measure our worth based upon how much we do. If I say to someone, in order for you to obtain optimum health, um, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, you need to get at least eight to 10 hours of sleep. If you are a woman, if you are a person who journeys under the sign of woman, you need at least 10 hours of sleep. Eight hours is not going to do it for that body. You need at least 10 hours. 10 to 12 is better, right? If I say that to someone, what is their response going to be? What was your response? What was your initial response right off the bat when I said that? When I said 10 to 12 hours of sleep. When I said you need eight to 10 hours of sleep, what was your response to that? Most people's response when I um, prescribe that to them as part of a healthcare regime is that they don't have time. They do not have time to sleep. To get an adequate amount of sleep. No, let's not even say that. To get the amount of sleep that their bodies require. They do not have time to get the amount of sleep that their bodies require. We live in a system that is set up so that we do not have time to get the amount of sleep that our bodies require. Because what is time for? What is your time for? If your time is not for resting, your time is for producing. Do some research on when clocks were invented and do some research on why clocks were invented and see if what I am saying does not ring true. Time is for producing. The concept of time was created so that us, the class that is being fed upon, the class that is food, would measure how much we produced within certain times of the day, within certain sections of the day. Time allows us to measure how much of that we have used to produce because we are commodities. We are things. 
We are not human beings. Those who know themselves to be human beings measure their worth according to how much time they spend in their bodies. All right. So we look and we see that we don't have time. We live in a system where we are not allowed time to get adequate sleep. We are not allowed an opportunity to live without stress. And stress is natural, stress is normal, but constant daily stress is what causes all degenerative and terminal illnesses. Research it. If you don't believe that I'm that I'm being honest with you, research it. All degenerative, all autoimmune, all terminal illnesses are caused by constant unrelenting stress. And constant unrelenting stress is normalized in the society that we live in. When you are not receiving adequate sleep, when you are not allowed to be unstressed, you are not in your body. We live in a method that normalizes trauma. Trauma, anything that disrupts your feeling of well-being, anything that disrupts your joy, that disrupts your happiness. Trauma, your, your natural, normal response is to abandon your body. You have to abandon your body in traumatic situations because you, it, that allows you not to feel the depth of pain. That allows you not to feel the depth of the situation, the depth of the emotion that the traumatic experience is causing you. And that keeps you alive. So to respond to trauma by leaving your body is normal and natural. It is good to respond to trauma by abandoning your body. You don't need to be in there right that moment to feel every iota of that pain to feel every iota of that emotional uh, terror. You don't need to be there. But the problem is that we live in a society in which a state of trauma has been normalized. Trauma is not just someone hitting you. Trauma is not just someone abusing you. Those things are not the only ways to experience trauma. Trauma is also creating work environments where your accomplishments and your achievements are not recognized, where your contributions are belittled or downplayed. That is trauma. Trauma is creating a society where anyone who looks like you is not expected to do well. Anyone who looks like you already has certain types of um, preconceived notions attached to them. That is trauma. So when I say that we live in a society that has normalized trauma, that is what I'm speaking of. We are constantly in a state of stress because we are constantly dealing with trauma. 
And so we have abandoned our bodies, which is what you do when you, um, when you experience trauma, when trauma is, is done to you, when you are in a traumatic situation. So I want us to think about the ways in which we abandon our body. I want us to think a little more deeply about it because I want us to be aware of when we are doing it. It's essential to know because if you don't know when you've abandoned your body, then you will not know when you need to start the process of coming back into your body. All right. So when you dismiss your pleasure, your pleasure, your bliss, your ecstasy, when you dismiss that as bad or sinful or repulsive, you are abandoning your body. Every time you ignore your body, when it says that it's tired, when your body says, I'm sleepy, I'm tired, and you ignore that, when your body says, I'm hungry, or when your body says, this hurts, and you ignore that, you're abandoning your body. When you don't pay attention to the sights and the sounds and the sensations that bring you joy, when you don't linger in the things that bring you joy, when you don't prioritize the things that bring you joy, that's what your day is for, is to seek joy and experience it. That's what you're here to do. That's what the feeder class is doing. They are seeking joy and experiencing it. The only reason that you don't think that you get to do it is because you're food and you've accepted the definition of you as food. But when you dismiss those things that bring you joy and you don't linger long and languishly languish in them, you're abandoning your body. So let's, let me give you a definition of your body from a magical perspective. Your body is your own personally created key to the power of the universe. You have created a key that ties you to everything. That's what your body does. It ties you to the sun because you're a piece of the sun. It ties you to the moon because you're a piece of that. It ties you to each and every star. Those are your brothers and sisters. You are made of star stuff. You are made of the exact same compounds that make up those beautiful stars that we watch every night. So this body is what ties you to that. It ties you to the oceans, to the rivers, to the lakes, to Earth Mother Onile herself, to every plant and everything that creepeth and crawleth along the earth, as James Weldon Johnson so beautifully put it back in the, um, back in the day when he wrote The Creation. You are tied to that. And when you created your body in the womb of your mother, that is why you created it. So your body is the key that unlocks this connection. And once you are in the state of sitting in and acknowledging that connection, you have access to the depths of your magic. 
your needs, your desires, your dreams, and your wants are the voices that guide you to your power. The things that you need, the things that you deeply desire, the things that you want, the things that you aspire towards. That is your little guiding voice saying, hey, look over here. Hey, pay attention to this. Hey, linger here. Hey, study this more deeply. Hey, do this more often. That reminds you of the places in the universe, the little pockets in the universe where your power rests. And where you, all you got to do is dip your hand off into that pot and you will have access to it. So much of what we are able to attain and what we are not able to attain is based on how we see ourselves, what we believe we deserve and what we believe we do not deserve. So much of what we can get and can have is based on that. So when you listen to your desires and you take, you go where your desires are trying to take you, you find the places and spaces where your power is. And you have that reminder that this is yours. This power is yours. This thing that you want so bad, it's already yours. It's not anything that you have to wait on. It's not anything that you have to reach for. It is already yours. So as we sit in a state of being outside of our bodies, we disconnect ourselves from all of that beautiful magic. If you're not in your body, then you're not feeling your connection to the moon. If you're not in your body, you don't feel when the sunlight hits your face and you don't get that message from her and what she's trying to tell you. If you're not in your body, you don't feel the earth under your feet and you can't hear what your ancestors are saying to you and what Earth Mother Onile and all of the beings that live within the earth, the Orisha live within the earth. The spirits of our ancestors, the spirits that create and maintain the physical realm, live within the earth. That is our tradition. They are not in the sky. There is no reason to be looking up and ignoring the rest of your physical body. To access them, put your feet on the ground and pay attention. Be in your body. Feel the feeling of your foot on the earth and listen for the messages that come from that. Rest your back on the sand. Lay back on the sand. Sit up against the tree. Smell the fruits of the forest. Smell the wetness of the leaves. Smell the newness of, of the dirt, of the soil that has been turned over. Smell the brininess of the ocean. What message does that bring to you? This is, this is your magic. Your body is the key to these types of magic. Your body is what opens the door for you to hear those messages. And remember, 
where you are. Remember your place and the space that you hold in the universe. That's the key that your body is. So you have to return to it. How do we return to our bodies? Ia, you telling us how important it is for us to be in these bodies. You telling us how important it is not to abandon our bodies. But you're not giving us the tools that we need to return. So let me give you those tools now. How do you return to your body? You start simply by listening to her. When she tells you something hurts, then stop. When she tells you she does not like something, then don't do that again. When she reacts violently to something that you eat or drink or smoke or ingest or to a person that you're around or to a place that you go to, when she has a reaction to that, stop doing that. Stop doing that and trust her. Trust the masterpiece that you created above everything else. Do not put anything above your key to the power of the universe. So if you work in a job and every time you go to the job you get sick, she's telling you this ain't it. This ain't the place for us to be. And there's somewhere else for you to be that's better. Trust her. Trust your body. So begin simply by that. Begin by listening to her. Once you're listening to her, take action based on what your body tells you. If she tells you that you're sleepy, then lie down and rest. Lie down and rest and create a life in which that is possible. If she tells you that she's hungry, feed her. And hear me well. Feed her until she is full. Those of us who are female identified have been taught that we are unworthy of nourishment. We have been taught that if we take up too much space in the universe, that we are victims. That then we, we are allowing ourselves to be victims. And we're putting ourselves in a position to be harmed and to be ridiculed. But I'm telling you, one of the keys to being in your body is nourishing yourself and satisfying yourself. Eat until you are full. I promise you, I promise you as a person recovering from disordered eating, raised in a family of disordered eaters, what I promise you is eating until you are full will not have negative consequences. Do you hear me? It will not, I promise. When she says she's hungry, feed her and eat until you are full. Do not eat things that make you sick. Pay attention to your body's reaction to certain foods. If it makes you sick, then don't eat it. If it makes you angry, then don't eat it. If it makes you depressed, then don't eat it. Pay attention to what your body is telling you. Avoid situations that are highly stressful. Create a life in which this is possible. Avoid highly stressful situations. Create a life in which you can rest. Create a life in which you can relax. And which stressful situations 
are the the um what is the word that I'm looking for? The exception and not the rule. That's it. You want stress to be the exception and not the rule. Do not sit and stay and linger in places that require you to be angry and to lash out in order to be there. When you are sitting in a state of anger, you are producing adrenaline. And your body, you did not create a body that can handle constant production of adrenaline. Your body doesn't work like that. So don't sit in places and spaces that cause you high stress. Leave. Go and find a place that does not. Prioritize being in places that do not cause you high stress. Move your body. I'm going to say it again. Move your body. Again, those of us who are female identified, those of us who walk the path of the feminine, of the female, in a more feminine, um, use more feminine, uh, what would we call it, styles and movements with our bodies. We have been taught that moving our bodies is dangerous. We may have been abused in the past and an abuser may have told us that the reason they were assaulting us was because of the way that we moved our bodies, right? And that trauma has caused us to leave our bodies, to abandon them and to not want to move in them. Being in your body and healing from that trauma means re-entering her and move, move your body. Move your body every day, every day dance, every day do some yoga, every day go on a walk, every day find a way to move your body. And throughout the day, pause and bring your consciousness into your body. Start with your toes. How are my toes feeling right now? Move to your foot. How is my foot feeling right now? How is my leg, my shin feeling right now? How is my knee feeling? Bring your consciousness down into your body and work all the way back up to the head. But you must pull that energy, that ashe, that power that is you. It is th this vessel, this body is not created for you to hold the magnitude of your power within your head all day. That does harm. So move your body every day specifically and particularly move your regenerative area shake that ass roll them hips pelt waist as we call it in the caribbean move your regenerative area move your ass move your penis move your vagina move your vulva whatever is there below that belt move that every day make a practice of moving that area and we do this because that area is where we hold shame but guess what that area is the key to releasing trauma so you got to move it you got to move your hips you got to move your ass you got to roll around all of those regenerative regenerative organs you got to move them bring energy specifically there every day release shame 
about your sexual organs. Release shame about them. Push it out through dance. Push it out through movement. Specifically, move those areas daily. This is why our ancestors had so many dances that required what we now call gyrating. That required, you know, movements that look like they were mocking sexual movements because that area must be moved to release trauma. And trauma is something that, trauma ain't new. Don't misunderstand me to, to, to be saying that Europeans created trauma or that capitalism created trauma. I'm not saying that. Trauma is not new. Trauma is a part is a natural normal part of living in the universe. The level of trauma that we are experiencing daily is unnatural. However, because trauma is not new, our ancestors would do these movements to release that energy. Release that pent-up energy. Release any sort of and for us, release any sort of energy of shame. Release any sort of energy of you don't get to do that. Remember that thinking that your sexual desires or that your sexuality or that your sexual organs or that any part of your sexual being is bad or sinful or repulsive is going to keep you out of your body and is going to keep you in that state of abandonment and is going to not allow you to release any trauma you have around those areas. So as you move, move those areas in particular. Laugh. Every day, find a reason to laugh, even if it's something that you make up yourself. Laugh every day and linger in places and spaces that make you laugh. Linger there. Prioritize being in places that make you laugh. Smile every day and prioritize having conversations with people and keeping company and being around people and being in situations that make you smile. Make that a priority. You are not a means of production. You're not. You did not create this body to do and do and do and produce, to grind away at the grindstone to trod on the wine press. You did not create this body to do that. You created this body to interact with the universe and to realize and languish in your desires. Prioritize that. As you prioritize that, what you will find is that the things that you would desire will come to pass like magic. You'll be thinking about something and someone will send you an email and say, I'm sending you one of those. You'll be wondering about whether or not you should have something. And someone will text you and say, what's your address? I'm sending you that thing. You'll be saying, I'd love to work here. I'd love to live here. And you get a letter in the mail of an offer to live in that place and work in that place with the exact amount of money that you need to live luxuriously, lavishly. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Returning to the body is not easy. It is not simple. And it's frightening. Because the trauma that caused you to leave the body was painful. 
And the trauma that caused you to leave the body is not something that you want to re-experience. So even as I'm telling you the ways to return to your body, and even as I'm telling you the rewards of returning to your body, I understand that your initial reaction is going to be one of dismissal and saying, this can't be true. What she's saying can't be true. This can't be what's going to happen if I do that. I understand that. That's your traumatized self speaking. And we give thanks and praise for her. Thank you. You kept us alive, right? You helped us to survive. But right now, we don't need that response. Returning, into, returning to your body will be frightening. You will have to do it in spite of the fear. You will have to get the recommended amount of sleep in spite of the fear that it won't allow you to be a machine. You will have to eat until you are full in spite of the fear that it's going to cause you to take up too much space in the universe. You will have to move your body sensually and sexually and look at it and love it and bask in it in spite of the fear that that is going to attract something dangerous to you. You will have to do those things in spite of the fear. But the fear won't last long. And the joy will override the fear. I promise you that. The joy that you will feel when you fully re-enter this vessel that you created for yourself to live in will override the fear. And once you're fully in that joy, the magic and the manifestations will be the impetus that make you want to do it over and over again. I promise. I guarantee. All right. That is it for me this evening. Ecstasy, abundance, and bliss. To everyone within the sound of my voice who is wishing the same to me and mine. Earth-shattering orgasms. Deep-throated laughter, tingling, titillating sensations throughout the entirety of your body, overwhelming, overpowering joy that brings you to tears. All of that to everyone within the sound of my voice who is wishing the same for me and mine and the lessons of life on the idiots who are ignorant enough to wish me otherwise. Sink into your witching hour, y'all. We here. It's here. It's here for us. This whole thing is a thing we created for us. Nobody else owns it. Nobody else can keep it from you. Nobody else has power over it. It is your mind that has the power. Refuse to believe that anyone else holds that power in your life. We are here. Now is the time. Today is the moment. Come back into your body. Right now. Cease to abandon her. Cease to leave her to the wayside. And allow her to reward you for returning. Peace, y'all.